So I've been bullied and I've been a bully in school. At the point that I turned, I'd been bullied for seven years. I'd end up in hospital because I'd be like so emotionally distraught, I stopped eating. My place was from a, I need other people to understand how that felt. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the next episode of Influence Me with me, Shaney Ryan. With 45% of the world's population now using social media on a daily basis, we are now more and more influenced by the people that we follow. But social media is such a tricky space to figure out what's real and what's in the highlight reel. So I wanted to create this podcast to dig really deep and get to know the people we look up to and get to know the person behind the digital fame. With this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some incredible people with amazing journeys and stories to share that you can either relate to or be inspired inspired by. Welcome to Influence Me. Today's guest found fame on that TV show where they find love on an island, but she was a full-time social media star way before that. She has worked with some huge fashion and beauty brands such as Maybelline, Sleek, Puma, Gymshark and L'Oreal and I can't remember the last time that I walked into a Boots or a Superdrug and didn't see her stunning face up on a poster somewhere. She continues to influence her audience with her trend-setting style hauls and also her travel content and she was recently announced as a presenter for BET Breaks UK. Her talents do not stop there though, as she can be seen acting on kids' TV show Athena on Sky One, as well as playing a supporting lead role in Armani, a short film that amassed a total of 1 million views in just four days online. Her work rate is epic, and at 24 years old, she just took her first step onto the property ladder. But today, she wanted to join me to shine light on something she hasn't talked about much in the public eye, and that is bullying. When over 1.5 million young people a year are bullied, and 24% of those who are bullied go on to be the bully, Jordan decided that she wanted to speak about this and open up the conversation as to why people bully and what it's like to be bullied. I'm so pleased that she chose Influence Me to share her story. Please welcome to my sofa, Jordan Rianne. That's a name, isn't it? That is a name. That sounds like you're just supposed to be just super famous. Off the tongue. Like that's what my mum actually said. Yeah. She said when I was you're born, named she for fame. Name for that. Yeah. That's what it is. She was like, she's gonna be an entertainer as a child. Apparently, when I was like one, she just knew. She was like, she always wanted my name to rhyme. Hey. So it just like became a thing. She did well there. I mean, it's, it's, it's worked out well bit. her plan, hasn't it? I mean, it does, <laughs> unless people call me Jordan, which happens most of the time. So then it doesn't rhyme quite the same because it's Jordan. And you're like, listen, it's okay. my mum named me this for there was a reason. A purpose. Get it right, please. Exactly. Jordan Rihanna, it just rolls. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having it's me. It's been a mission trying to get us together, hasn't oh it? Oh my God. I'm so grateful for your patience because <laughs> I'm just never here and I'm so sorry. I've been so no. busy. Well, like you said, professional jet setter, <laughs> traveling around the world. So it's hardly surprising that you're not often in the UK. But on top of that, you've just come out of Love Island. Yeah. Um, which anyone would know that when you've been on Love Island, the, at least six months afterwards is going to be wild. Yeah. First question, are you having fun? I, do you know what? I don't want to sound sad already. I am, but I'm exhausted. Are you? I'm exhausted. Like, I'm so grateful. And there has just been so many blessings and so many new open doors. And just, I've met so many new people. And it's just the whole, I'm just grateful for the whole thing. But I'm exhausted. Like, I don't think I've slept. I think 
since coming out, I maybe had in total maybe like three days worth of actual sleep. Like, like good rest. Lay, yeah, and I've not got out of bed before a certain time and had to do something and literally had nothing to do for the day. Haven't had that in a long time. But what it does is it makes you appreciate everything 20 times more. Yeah, and you're in that phase where you're just like living in the moment yeah, and having all these crazy opportunities. It What's is. been like the most wild thing that's happened to you since Love Island? Um. Oh my God, maybe being... Oh, okay, I think I know what it is already. Um, we went to Stratford Westfield. Okay. Big mistake. Um, still one of my favourite places to go because it's just how I was before I went on the show. So I'm just like, I'm just going back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 it's not, it's not the same. You didn't we get very far, did you? A week after we came off the show. And we thought we got away with it. We walked in. We were like, no one's looking. Like there might have been a few whispers here and there. Went to the Apple store. We couldn't leave the Apple store. We walked out and that was it. And I mean, we turned around and there was, I can't even tell you how many people cornered us. And we were like, how are we supposed to get out? Like we were just backed against the wall, like pictures. And can you, can we, can we take a picture of you? And can we do this? And we were like, yeah, of course. But it got to a point where we were like, how did we leave Westfield? Yeah. So I think that was like, exactly. And like, as much as we were like, this is like, we're so blessed to be having this. It was just probably the craziest thing that's ever happened was that a pinch me to... moment yeah it was like a you wanted a picture with me for what reason like i'm just in west like we were just like in westwood like it was nothing so it definitely was a pinch me moment and that's probably one of the craziest things to hear like screaming and stuff and in such a nice positive way yeah it's just it's a it's a it's a feeling that it's just it really is just like you can't describe it right i'm gonna ask you straight up go love island yeah Obviously, you went in in a season where we know what happens when somebody goes in Love Island yeah, and what, what the process is and what you get out of it. Yeah. What was your reason? The first reason, it sounds really, really weird, but the first reason was because I genuinely felt like it was supposed to happen. So they asked me to do it last year mm-hmm. and they said no. Then they asked me twice this year before I said yes. So okay. I was like, okay, if you keep asking, it keeps coming to me. Maybe I'm supposed to do it. Like, you know when something just keeps coming to you and yeah. you're like, this is supposed to happen. And my second reason was, thousands and thousands of people apply for this show Hmm. and thousands and thousands of people are also asked and just don't get to the point of actually going in and in my head I thought if I'm being asked and I get this opportunity I really want to experience it because there's only 30 something people on the show every year like imagine being one of those 30 that got to experience something like that so my main reasoning was I wanted to know what it was actually like to be there and to enjoy it and just have like one of the best summers did I think I was going to find love I hoped but I didn't actually think when I went in, it's gonna happen. Are you worried what's gonna happen when all the hype dies down? Because now we've got Love Island coming twice a year. Yeah. So um, I always think to myself, like you go in, you come out, you have all this hype. And obviously it's been no secret that certain people have had like really sad yeah, 100%, endings yeah. coming yeah. out of the show. Yeah. Um, and I think partly some of that is probably to blame with kind of coming out to this world of fame and recognition yeah, and money and opportunity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like there's a new cast yeah. and your hype dies down. Yeah. Does that frighten you at all? No, I expected it before I went in. Yeah. Because I knew some people from last year, I knew quite a lot of the people that were on last year. I kind of watched it happen. Mm. But also my mentality and has always been my mentality for the, I think it's almost been about four years since I've really been doing social media, like, yeah, I'd say two and a half since I've really been trying, but four years since I've been on it properly. Um, social media dies. Mm. There used to be MSN, we had BBM, we had Bebo, we had all these different MySpace. platforms. MySpace. Shout out to MySpace. Honestly, 
I loved my sweaters. When that you was could the change one. The, the wallpaper on the back on the thing, one. it was the best thing ever. But it dies. <laughs> Yeah. So for me, it was like, as much as Instagram's been around for a while, my mentality has always been, it will disappear. So for me, I don't care if the hype dies down because my main focus in life anyway has always been away from social media. Mm. So for me, if the hype died down a week after I left, I don't care because I work hard away from it. So the longevity of my career surpasses anything to do with what comes with being famous on social media mm. because you are going to become irrelevant. The same way now people constantly like trolls and stuff are constantly saying that oh, all of last year's cast is irrelevant they're never going to be irrelevant they're always going to be relevant to a certain extent mm. but yeah then the newer cast then become the most talked about it's going to happen it's in two months time by the time christmas wow. hits and they reveal the cast no one's going to care about this year's cast obviously there will still be certain people that were on the show this year that will always remain relevant because of what they've done now yeah but it's just how it works it's how social media works like it's like a trend coming up and in a week's time the trend's dead you've got a lot going on away from social media yeah. and away from love island yeah. talk to me about that so tiny little bit of history mm-hmm. so growing up my mum was always the my mum and dad were always the type of parents to be more the education route yeah the stereotypical education route than the creative education route so the schools i went to i went to an all-girls grammar school. My nursery and my primary school was private. Mm. So everything I studied was like um, maths and further maths and statistics. And I did six A-levels. Like I did a lot, but I was always a creative. So my agreement with my mum growing up was that if I'd done well in school, I could along the side of it do my creative side. So I started doing like drama and theatre from when I was maybe like six years old. Mm. So I'd go to school, do it after. And then eventually I went to Sylvia Young all the time. And it was probably the best turning point of my life. Like it yeah. was just the best thing I'd I ever done. I did not know you were a Sylvia's kid. I'm a Sylvia that baby. That did not come up in my research. Yes, I went wow. to Sylvia Young until I was 18. <clears throat> best thing ever. And then I stopped because they stopped in adult classes. And then when they brought adult classes in outside of the normal school time, so they had like Saturday schools, I went to that literally last year. Mm-hmm. So when I was like a, in my 20s, I then went back. That's amazing. Um, I just loved it. I love it. And I still now continue to do theatre. I still continue to do like my modeling, like I'm with a modeling agency. Um, And now I just do my campaigns in like Superdrug and Boots and all over America. And I've done Elle magazine and stuff like that. So for me, that career surpasses anything to do with social media. That's really interesting. Yeah. Talk to me about child psychology, because wasn't that something that you, when you were younger, you wanted to do? I did. And... I was going to say, Psychology why? was so hard in school. Was it? Oh, God, it was just a But nightmare. it must have piqued your interest in some way for you I to have gone it. there. Yeah. I'm very much into, like, understanding people and things and just anything that needs to be explained, I want to learn about. So for me, like, when I did psychology, like, understanding the mind and just all different concepts, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I always wanted to study a child's mind because I was the child that always asked why. My mum hated it. I'm pretty sure she hated me as a child (laughs) and she'd say don't do that and I'd be like but why right and it's because I wanted the explanation I didn't just want to be told like because I said so I wanted my mum to say because if you do this then this and this and this you needed to know more I always want to know more because I just like to learn different things so I wanted to do it because I wanted to pick children's minds that have been through anything and just understand them more because I don't know, maybe a part of me felt like it would help understand how I was as a child more, but I just liked the concept of psychology and what you could understand as a person and from other people from doing it. I love it. 
I still love it. Do you, yeah, I was going to say, do you think that's ever anything that you might veer back to at the end of maybe what you're on now with the modelling and the social media maybe, and stuff? Maybe. Maybe. Have I you think considered it? I've thought about what, because obviously the, the career I do, like in terms of like modelling, acting isn't, it not isn't permanent, but it's temperamental. And there is a high likelihood that you don't go as far as you want. Like, it, it, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just how it is. There's a lot of demand in it and not as much opportunity as there is demand. So I've always had in my head that there has to be something to fall back on. Yeah. Psychology, I'd need to learn a lot more patience <laughs> before I do it. Are you impatient? I am, yeah. I am. Okay. I have patience in certain aspects, but overall, I'm not a patient person at all. Okay. So... What are you doing to work on that? Learning how to deal with things. <laughs> I'm learning how to deal with people and situations that are not my norm. So I surround myself with like-minded people. Okay. All my friends, my family, we all think the same, do the same. And since coming off the show, since being on the show, I am now around people that are nothing like me. And I'm learning how to understand. And there are times I sit there and think, I'm going to lose my mind. I can't cope. But then there are times I sit there and think, okay, you need to learn to understand that not everyone works this way. And I need to learn patience before I could even go back into psychology because I'd just lose my shit. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe a career in counselling isn't quite for Probably you. Probably not for me, because I'll sit there and be like, you need Have to Have you not figured this out yet? <laughs> give, give it up. What is taking so long? But I'd like to understand. So maybe I could, like, I'd, if anything, I'd probably go back and learn more before I even thought about going into it. Amazing. So I want to take it back to when we first met. Because okay. we met... We met at an event, and I believe I met you the same night that I met Maddie Bruce, who's also oh, did come you? on and done it. Oh, did you? Was the same night? Yeah, I, I think so. I met her in the loose, and I met you by the pool. But yeah. Right? Yeah. And you were with Jade Pierce? Yes, I was. And yeah. We were, we were chatting away. Um, but when we were speaking, you were kind of quite early on in your career. You Very, yeah. just started social media. Yeah. I think you just got with your agent. Yeah. Like, you were kind Me of... Me and Jade are the same agent yeah. then, I think, yeah. And you were picking up modeling as yeah. well what made you take that career path i know that you were kind of the sylvia young kid yeah but how did you end up getting into social media it was an accident okay. it always sounds crazy when i say it was an accident it um so how it originally god how it originally started is when i did modeling away from social media anyway i modeled for a company god this was years ago called mobella and me and my best friend nicole who's still my best friend love her to death um, we both basically wore the same colour dress in two different versions and there was a picture of us, I'm going to send you the picture, there was a picture of us and we were walking, it was like a motion shot, we were walking down the road in this royal blue dress and at the time I used to wear my hair in an afro, yeah. I used to wear my hair like massive and out, like if it was natural I'd either wear like a few clipping extensions but I was always down for like big, big curly hair, hair yeah. um, and it went viral on Facebook, Okay. how long ago I was walking, Facebook and I mean like 10 million likes on Facebook. What? It was massive. I don't know what happened, but... And a long time ago, that was a um, lot was of huge. traction. It became a meme. It was it was massive. Oh my God, I've always wanted to be a meme. Yeah. I feel like that's my calling in life, to have a really, really? good meme. Yeah. I have to show you some of the <laughs> They're so funny. But it became a meme, like it was massive. And for some weird reason, it was my name that got picked up a lot. And it kind of trickled onto Instagram and that's when I like first had Instagram and it was like people were like, oh, I saw this picture and oh, I've come here from this picture and I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. And then where I'd spoken to Jade and she was telling me about social media more, I was like, oh, maybe this can be a thing. Then mm. when I met my manager, she was like, why don't we try and 
up your Instagram game since now people have noticed you from it yeah. and see what happens. So then I just started taking pictures and putting them on Instagram. Didn't think anything of it. Right. And then when I got to 10,000 followers on Instagram, I was like, oh my God, I've hit the jackpot. Yeah. I'm famous. 10K is always that moment where someone goes, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. I guess I'm a micro-influencer now. No, honestly, (laughs) because up until 10,000, there's no K. Yeah. So the K K. changes your life. The K is so important. It changes your life. But I genuinely felt like I made it in life when I got a K. It it literally (laughs) makes you feel like you're on top of the world. It's really sad, but it's true. 10,000 people is a lot of people. It is. When you compare it to like, oh, I have more followers than the amount of people that live in Iceland, you're like, what? That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. And that's how I felt when I hit 10K. I was like, oh my God, there's so many people. And when it got to 10K, that's when I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to make this a thing. And then it took me a year Mm. to get from 10 to 100. What the bejesus? I worked my ass off. I posted twice a day. Wow. I shot on a daily. I was like, I'm going to try this outfit. I'd go to every store, Topshop, H&M. This was before I even knew about the Boohoo's and the PLTs. I didn't know any clothing lines online. Mm. Went to every single store, done my Mobella pictures and literally bought all my clothes and just took a ton of pictures. If I was on holiday, anywhere I was, I was like, take a picture of me and literally posted twice a day. Key question. Yeah. Did you buy clothes and take them back off? Did you no, show? I kept them on. No. <laughs> do you know what? I've actually never done that. No. I, do you know what? I'm, I probably will be guilty of doing that. Probably. That's why this year, all Halloween, the brands but... started um, putting the loop things yeah. on the dresses because loads People of bloggers just, were yeah, doing that. Because you can't keep them off. But yeah, I um, no, I kept them all. Like I just had a stupid amount of clothes. Never sold them. Literally, like me and my cousins would just share them all, hmm. and I would just constantly take pictures and then I would delete the ones that didn't do well so then I could figure out what my audience liked and then why I did you start doing that though like was the motivation having a career in social media or did you have a bigger purpose to it I had a bigger purpose so for me like just my life in general has always been like a bigger picture type of thing like I see things like 20 years in advance instead of just a year mm. so for me it was like okay well if I put in this much work now for a year the benefits and the rewards will be years to come. Mm. So it was like, if I could get from 10,000 to 100,000 in like, I think it was like eight months it took me in like, to be exact, I can easily triple that and do this many and get to a million in this amount of time. Like, and reality is it doesn't work that way, but that's the mentality I had. And I thought, okay, so if I put in this much work and this is what I get out, if I then double my workload, then I can get this much out. And my thing was if I consistently work, I'll consistently get something until I got to a point where I then started working with brands online. Mm. And then it got to a point where I was like, this is where I want to go with it. I want to do fashion and I want to style myself. And I want people to say, where'd you get that from? And then in my head, I thought fashion was where I wanted to go, aside from modeling. Amazing. The thing with having hundreds of thousands of followers is not everyone's kind. Not at all. Not everyone's kind and not everyone's got good intentions. And not everyone wants to see you win. Definitely not. And some of the people are the closest ones to you too. We will so be talking about that. Yeah. But I want to take it back to school because you said at school you had a bit of a hard time. I remember us having a conversation and you kind of let me in a little bit to that. Yeah. Um, And to be honest, when I thought about having you on, um, the main motivation was to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Because I feel like in the world of social media, um, there's a lot of bullying too much and there's a lot of cruel people and it gets talked about a little bit but I don't feel like many people with your platform are really digging into it because no no one wants to be 
I guess it's no one wants to give in to the victim mentality yeah. whereas I don't yeah. think it when I'm sitting here telling you I want you to talk about it because I think it can help people that's not you coming out on social media going oh poor me I'm a victim no not at all you know because at the end of the day I do believe if you go on social media and you are working that hard to build your following you have got to expect a certain amount of rough with the smooth oh, 100%. Um, same if you're putting yourself in the public eye you are going to expect people to be a little bit more invasive into your oh, yeah. private life you can't have it yeah. both ways no. is my personal opinion yeah. but I'm asking you to talk about it today because yeah. I do think it's 100%. really going to help people um, so. because it can help the child that's being bullied in the playground yeah. Or the you know teenager that's just got their first dose of social media and it maybe it's not as kind as yeah. kind of place as what they thought it should be. Um, so let's dig into that. What was your kind of first experience of people bullying you and being mean? So uh, a little secret before I even tell you my first experience. I've been both. So I've been bullied and I've been a bully in school. Very interesting. So I the bullying side was never nothing was ever like me being bullied was both physical and emotional but the bullying side was just me and a group of girls teasing people which everyone does in school mm -hmm. should never happen mm -hmm. point blank yeah period um my bullying started in primary school can i just take you back yeah when you are the bully yeah what place is that coming from Mine because came from, i'm sure there's plenty of people listening yeah who can sit there if they're being honest with themselves and say, I was the bully or I am the bully. Yeah. And in my experience, it usually comes from either a place of pain yeah. or taking something out on other people that yeah. maybe you're going through. Yeah. So what was your experience of being the bully? Why were you the bully? And how do you think you maybe could have dealt with your own situation differently? Mine came from a place of revenge. <laughs> I hate the word revenge, I shouldn't laugh, but revenge is such a like cynical, like, is revenge. Yeah. But mine came from a place of, at the point that I turned, I'd been bullied for seven years. I'd ended wow. up in hospital. The person that bullied me was in my primary school, just coincidentally happened to be in my secondary school, so it continued into secondary school. And I was just too, I don't want to use the term weak, but I mentally and vocally wasn't strong enough to say something to them. I'd say it to everyone else and be like, I'm so upset, but I couldn't say it to them. Like, I, it was mortifying like how bad it was and now me and her actually get on weirdly enough but um my place was from a I need other people to understand how that felt right and so you nice. had been bullied for so long yeah. that eventually when you had I guess it's almost like the opportunity for the shoe yeah. to be on the other foot you took it yeah I just I literally thought screw you because a group of people had made me feel mainly one girl in particular but her and her friends made me feel this big for seven years and I thought no one's ever going to treat me like that again like I'm never going to be that person so you became the aggressor whatever. yeah me and my friends and even then it wasn't it wasn't our bullying was always vocal mm. and the reality is we bullied someone and it was always the same person and we were in secondary school we were old enough to know what we were doing it wasn't like we were six years old we mm. were like 14 yeah we knew what we were doing and it, it our bullying came from I was talking about them separately yeah so being on the oppressive side on being the oppressor our bullying came from our class <laughs> when I look back at it and just think how it even started I'm like this is so pathetic our class versus their class right. and it was like in our class we were the known girls in our class because we were either some of us were either on social media or one of the girls in that little clique was like known as one of the prettiest girls in our year like that kind of vibe yeah just the, set, the teenage stuff exactly yeah and it was the same in the other class so we were basically identical in groups we had 
every girl in our group was a different race, a different size, that like we were all different. Mm. But they were the exact same as us, just from another form. So we had four forms from another class, and it was very much like a, no, we're that group, no, we're that group. Just and it competitive was competitive like, girls. So competitive, and yeah. all the bullying was like, you look like this, well, you look like that. Or okay. they would stick up a picture of like me and my friend next to pictures of animals and be like, well, this is what you look like. You look like a horse, you look like this. And I'd be like, yeah, well, you're fat and da-da-da-da-da, like disgusting stuff. Yeah. The same stuff that people now put on social media. Mm. And that's the realities of it. And in school, you sit there and you think, yeah, because she's out of order, not realising that the same way that I would go home and cry, so would she. Yeah. So all of us are crying when all of us could have just not done it. And it was for me because I just felt like for seven years, it was always only me crying. Right. No one else ever did. It was always me. And I just thought, why me? Like, I literally wouldn't even talk to them and I'd be pushed over in the playground. Or I know that my lunch is in a certain place. I'd go to have lunch. It's missing. So talk to me about that. So you've, you've spoken about being the bully. Yeah. I want to talk about how you could, how you could have behaved differently. Yeah. Because I think that could be helpful. But talk to me about that situation with you and where it started and how you ended up being the bully in the first place. What happened with you? So I was in primary school. I actually remember it so so vividly because um, things like this literally shape a person yeah, change their life yeah and in some places in some very very sad situations can end people's end lives people's lives yeah i think this is why i like psychology so much to be honest right but um yeah I'll, i knew the girl so well um my grandmother and her grandmother used to be the ones that picked us up from school so my primary school was two roads away from my grandmother's house so while our parents were at work me and my cousins would go with my grand to school and just walk home and they lived on the opposite side. So we'd all walk to school and walk home together. And it literally started because I am still really small, tiny, I'm five foot four. But in school, I was even shorter, obviously. And she was really tall. And it literally started off as, you're really short. Or it'd start off with things like, I would tell her a secret. So for example, a family friend of ours, and they were literally just family friends. I fancied him so badly. And I told her, and at the end of school, when they came to meet us at school one day, she wrote him a note that said, Jordan fancies you. Right. And embarrassed me in front of everyone. And he read it out loud in the playground. And I was like, oh my God, everyone knows. I was like nine years old. Mm. Like just stupid stuff. And without realizing it, that emotionally broke me down because I'd walk home and think, oh, why can't I be taller? Oh, maybe I shouldn't fancy anyone or maybe I shouldn't tell anyone. And then it became a case of I was isolated. And then it got to a point where when the turning point became physical was when I became that girl that when everyone went to school and went to the playground for lunch, I'd sit in the classroom and be like, oh, I want to do work. Then it turned into, oh, you're a geek. And I was like, well, no, I just don't want to go outside. And I could never say to you, you make me feel like crap. Yeah. So I don't want to be in the playground with you. And it would be a case of they'd walk past my desk, all my stuff would be on the floor. Or I'd go in the playground, they'd accidentally trip me up. Okay. Or we'd all have lunch, my lunch just happened to be missing. Like little things like that. So when the school year ended, I never told anyone, I didn't tell my mum. I'd end up in hospital because I'd be like so emotionally distraught. I stopped eating, like yeah. I was ill, I was so, so that's ill. The, that's the problem with bullying and children and teenagers don't actually realise like a little comment a little push of somebody, they're not little. Not they're actually huge. huge events that shape somebody's life. And it happens as adults in the workplace as well. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I've been on jobs where I've definitely felt bullied, oh, even 100%. as a grown woman. Yeah. And then I go home and think, what on earth has just happened? Yeah. Like, 
I'm 30 something years yeah, old. How is this a thing? Like, how it's am, true. I, how it am I feeling bullied right now by a 26 year old or it's by subtle. that guy or that girl? Yeah. Um, and it, it does really affect people. Yeah. I never told the girl that bullied me until I even finished school, so until I was like 19. Wow. So you held happened. on to it all that yeah, time? Yeah, all that time. I never, I wasn't physically able to vocalize it and say to her you bullied me in school and even me saying you did I was like I wanted to cry because I was like oh my yeah. god I've just told you you bullied me and when I really think about it at 13 years old I could have said something because I was very much capable of talking about everything else but I couldn't talk about that so let's talk about that because I'm hoping that there's at least one person listening I hope so who can benefit from some real advice on if they're being bullied yeah. or they're being the person they're doing the bullying yeah what what kind of advice have you got for somebody maybe younger or even older that's perhaps going through something like that to talk it yeah. sounds it's so easy to say and i i understand it's hard i sometimes still to this day at 24 years old struggle with it mm. tell anyone it doesn't have to be someone that is close to you if you're not comfortable tell anyone talk yeah. Like literally talk, even if it means you cry for 24 hours, sit there and cry, but you need, you have to tell someone. Do you feel like if you, if you did speak up, like you would have offloaded enough to have been able to deal with the situation? Oh, 100%. I, I would have even offloaded enough, like when it was me and my friends that were doing the bullying, I knew within myself I shouldn't be doing it, but I physically couldn't not. That's really interesting. Yeah, I couldn't stop myself. Like, Why? Because I felt like it was what I should be doing. All my friends made me feel like it was the right thing. And in my head, inside me, I'd sit there and be like, Jordan, don't be that person. You don't want to be that person. You never want to be called a bully. You know what it feels like. And I'd say that to myself. But coming out of my mouth was so much hate and anger. I physically couldn't stop the words from coming out. And I guess it's a small part of why I understand how trolls online work now. But the difference is, is you have, as much as people say, think before you speak when you type there is more of a time frame to think mm. than to click send than there is when you physically speak yeah naturally how human beings are as they speak based off of how they're feeling in the moment it's it's quite just it just comes out not everyone knows especially at the age of 13 years old yeah you don't know how to hold it in think calculate and then speak so for me is if i had children if i knew anyone that was that age how my cousins are younger than me how me and my cousins have always taught our younger cousins never act off of impulse mm. like you need to learn to communicate because it literally is the key for everything beautiful deep <laughs> so deep i <laughs> so love it deep. hey guys just a quick break to tell you about our sponsors i wanted to tell you about my favorite new app it's called kindred in a nutshell, Kindred allows you to share the things that you love whilst also donating to the charity of your choice. Yes, it's literally as simple as that. You post your favorite new coat, trainers, lipstick, or any other product that you choose from the Kindred app. Then you make a genuine recommendation to your followers and a percentage of every sale goes to your favorite charity. And if that wasn't good enough, a percentage of the sale also goes directly to you too. But if you're feeling super flush, you can always choose to give all of your commission away. You can download the app at www.kindred.co. That's www.kindred.co. Kindred, share what you love. The thing is, is that you're now an adult and you yeah. have 100 
five, how many followers you got now? I think it's like 580 something. Yeah, I don't even know. So, a lot. You got a lot of followers. I think it's, yeah, half, half a mil, something like that. Yeah, just cash. Just cash half a mil. Imagine so that in the people. bank. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. For every follower, there's, like, there's money in the bank. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. Um, I want to fast forward a little bit. Yeah. You're now an adult. Yeah. And you're oh online. God. Scary thing. And you're still experiencing the same stuff. Yeah. If not worse now. Yeah. Did you ever think that you'd still be experiencing bullies at this point in your life? Not to the extent it is. I expect on social media, because I agree with you, when you put yourself out there, yeah. it, it comes with the territory. It does. Um, I expected some. But Sadly. This is, yeah. This, it's been ridiculous. And most of it comes from people under the age of 16. Wow. Yeah. That's really scary. Or people in the same industry. So people who know what it feels like a bit like as a child you know what it feels like so you become that person a lot of people that have had something to say written something made videos are people that are within the industry that have experienced what it's like to get the hate but will still do it okay so talk to me about what it's been like since you've kind of blown up on social media what kind of experiences have you had in terms of online trolling so with the online trolls the trolls. Yeah, the trolls. Before I went on the show, probably the worst message I had was someone basically told me to get cancer and die. Wow. Which is not very nice. But since coming out, that whole death comment is a very common thing. Way too common and way too frequent. And, you know, myself and Danny have been at events or an event where there's been attempts to physically try and do something or try and do something to drinks. Like it's, it's been a thing where people now decide to act stupidness like that. Where do you think that's coming through? Like from a, like a jealousy place or a... I wish I actually knew. I genuinely wish I knew. I, I don't know. I mean, I know there were certain things on the show that were portrayed in a certain way. And the reality is people get so invested in it. They genuinely believe what they've watched. And half of the time, if not 90% of the time, that is not the reality. Do you think it. you were portrayed badly? Um, I don't think I was portrayed badly, but I don't think I was portrayed in the best way. I don't think I was portrayed as myself. I don't. I agree with you. At all. Because obviously I know you. Yeah. And when I was watching the show... You knew that that's not I was like, to no. these editors, yeah. they're taking the piss. It definitely was <laughs> I definitely felt me. like that when I was watching it. Yeah. And I, it's really hard because when you're in there, you genuinely are yourself. Like, yeah. I can hands down say everyone in there was just chilling, doing their thing. They just picked some very interesting moments. And, and sometimes I feel places. like... The facial expressions that were slotted in weren't necessarily from that moment. Because they weren't. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> they weren't. Just wanted to clear that up Not for anyone always. listening. Yeah, and even then, I've come out and said that people don't want to hear it. Because the reality is, depending on how they make you seem, your career can be ended. You're cancelled. And the reality is, it's the people that I, like the community that I'm so pro, that are the ones that cancelled me the quickest. Talk, what do you mean by that? So I've always been, especially before the show, very much pro-women and pro-black women. And coming out, it was women and black women that had the most negative opinions on me. Like my complete audience and the diversity of it changed. It flipped completely. Oh, wow. Completely. So when you look at your kind of Instagram mm -hmm. analytics, so to speak. It's not the same. So, so different now. Complete How do you opposite. feel about that? Um, a little bit when I now I've accepted it it is what it is um, was it hurtful? First, very very because we go into it knowing how 
they portray certain people before they even go on the show. Mm-hmm. You watch it and know who's there for the sake of a token, who's not, like you just know. And you can say you know, and people on social media will say, we can clearly see that they're trying to make you look like this, but regardless, they will still choose to believe what they've seen instead of giving you a chance to prove that you're not. Part of the reason I wanted to go in there was to set an example for younger black women that you can be a certain way and be okay. Yeah. Like you don't have to act a particular way to mm. get somewhere. And regardless, it was a bit like a bit of like a slap in the face that like they're the only people that do not want to see me succeed. Period. That's just the fact of it. They don't. It would be so interesting going back to psychology to understand the psychology of that. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't. At all, because you'd think that they would back you more, but instead it went the other way. And that's just the reality of it. And it is what it is. I'm not going to not be in support of who I'm supportive and not be who I am. Yeah, you're not going to change your trajectory of what you're about. Yeah. But it was very much hard hitting to know that the people I went in there for and my purpose, part of my purpose for going in there were the same ones that flipped the script on me. Yeah. It's just how it is. I'm really shocked. Yeah. Can you tell? I was, yeah. (laughs) People jump online, they spew their hate. Yeah. And they kind of just move on about their business. Yeah, yeah, they don't really Very rarely are people then faced with the person that they've hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It was really reminding me, I I loved listening to podcasts myself as well, and I I love Jay Shetty. And uh, I was listening to his podcast just yesterday with Khloe Kardashian. But she touched on the fact that she may have opinions on things, but never would those opinions, if they're negative, then lead to her jumping online. Ever. And vocalising that and putting that out there to the universe, to the world, on a digital platform. The difference is there's a lot of people out there that will. Yeah. But she made a point um, that even she, who people think she's got fame, she's got money, she's got everything material that she wants, she's still a person. Yep. um, And those material things do not act as a shield or a barrier to her feelings being hurt. And it's just, I think it's just that minute, that mindful moment where you kind of go, I mean, I would never do it personally, so I I don't actually understand the mindset of somebody that sits down and does that. But what I do understand is that the only thing that you and I and others can have is empathy. A hundred percent. Some people don't have it. Though. Some people don't have empathy, no. but I usually think that's down to the fact that either they've never been shown empathy, yeah. so they haven't learned it from their parents, from a sibling, from a friend. Yeah, no one's 100%. ever shown them empathy. Because yeah. I don't think empathy is something that's innate. You're not born with it. No, you you're learn not. You it. learn it. it is, yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure that's like a fact. You learn yeah. it. So if you've never been taught empathy, how can you then show it to other people? So therefore, anyone listening who <laughs> has ever been trolled or bullied or anyone said anything nasty to them online, you just have to look at that person with with empathy, empathy and say, I'm really sorry that you are going through what you're going, going through, through what you're going through, that yeah. you're having to spew this hate to me. And also just put a protective barrier up around yourself because yeah, I don't you really don't have to put up with that. Comments anymore. Don't you? No. So my when I was in the villa, my cousin and my two best friends and my mum ran my account and they still run my account. And they will filter every comment before I even look. If I post something, I won't look at the post for at least three hours and they'll filter every comment. So anything negative is gone before I even look at it. So I don't have to deal with that. Because when I first came out, I fell into, for better use of the word, depression. Like I was not in a good way mentally. It was deep how bad it was. Being in a situation where you've been, I would say, 
consistently bullied. Yes, 100%. You've been consistently bullied yeah. from a young age. Um, how do you let that not define you? Um, my family and my friends. I have the most incredible support system. They, I've met them briefly. Yeah, they're amazing. By accident. And they all had incredible energy. Yeah, I love them to death. Like, I don't, like, I had a breakdown this morning. Here we go. Love a little thing. Cried my eyes out for an hour this morning for no reason. No, 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 no reason. Okay. I cried because I felt like I worked so hard. And in my head, here comes the impatient part. I'm like, wow, my benefits should be a lot further along by now. Why is this taking so long? I cried. My, I literally sat on my bedroom floor and cried and cried and cried. Called my mum. Mm. I was like, I need you to just talk to me and tell me that I'm okay. And she was like, okay. And she sat there with me for half an hour while she was at work. She sat there with me for half an hour mm. and was like, we're going to go through everything you said you wanted, everything you've got and how much more you've got than what you said you wanted. Mm. And it's not that I'm not grateful, but you have moments where you slip. Yeah. And for me, if I didn't have people like my mum who, do, who does stuff like that, my cousins, my mum then told my cousin, she put it in our group chat. My whole group chat was just sending positivity for all of us. That's lovely. You guys are like this. Oh my God, you're the best friend ever. Da, 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 best cousin. And we're all sending each other love. Instantly, I was fine. Mm. My friendship circle is very much a longevity circle. All of us have a long-term goal and all of our long-term goals require and have all of us in it. Mm. Because our aim is to, to bring each other along no matter what. We've been friends for years and years and years, half of my life. Mm. And all of us sometimes take a moment where we all stop each other and go, can you believe that you went to that yesterday? Mm. And then they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, last year you said you wanted to do that and now you've done it 20 times. Can you believe it? Like, and we'll all yeah. stop each other and be like, let's just remind you what mm. you've done so far. I think the takeaway from this is, yeah, that people just need to sometimes take a moment and go, you know, it's not, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's something I'm learning to do because I am someone that will get an amazing achievement and I'm like, great, what's next? Yeah. Like, so something that I'm, I it's love. It's an ambitious like, trait, isn't it? Yeah, it's very much like, you know, my goal requires me to get to a certain place before certain things happen, i.e. family members pass. Because mm. my goal is part, if not all of it, but for them. For, to a certain extent mm. and obviously with that requires 20 times harder work and pushing myself hence the breakdown this morning but um the reality is where I am now at 24 years old it's crazy and I think a lot of people forget especially when they're on social media what they have but even even the people that spread the hate on social media some of them are in really good positions in life yeah I That's think good. it's about fitting in as well um, everyone wants to fit in and social media is one of those places where I don't know people can sometimes find their place fitting in within a hateful group yeah 100% you know if you're quite a lonely yeah, person yeah. and you're you know struggling to fit in in the real world sometimes in the social media social world. media world the digital world you can find your place and it might not necessarily be within a kind positive group yeah I mean do you feel like fitting in is it's a disease <laughs> it's, it's not, like a disease i think it's, it's like, i think it's overrated but i want to know your opinion on, on fitting in i don't think it's possible to ever fit in because no there is no other you it is it's is literally impossible it's possible to fit in a group where you have similarities it is impossible to fit in full stop yeah. it can't happen 
because trends change yeah. people's opinion on you change every other minute yeah. everything changes and then you then have to change so if you're constantly having to change to fit what's going on where are you really going to fit in yeah you're never going to be authentically you, you, yourself you can't fit in like it's impossible and i think half of the reason that people want to so badly is because people don't want to accept that they won't but you won't mm. you won't the reality is i know i'm not going to fit in as long as i know that i have my small circle that i have away from social media and that's the thing as long as you've got family key thing family for me is like some people don't have that though but you can find family within friends now i i agree with that one of my really good friends um she doesn't have a lot of family around her she's literally just got her mum, and they don't always get on the yeah. best um and she said to me a couple of weeks ago when she was going through something oh, i just feel so lonely i was like why are you lonely she's like oh because i don't have family in this country i went yeah you do Friends are the family you choose, yep. my friend. And that choice like, is beautiful. Yeah, I was like, I'm your family. She's yeah. like, but I was like, no, no, no. I may not, she speaks fluent Portuguese. Yeah. I was like, I may not speak fluent Portuguese. <laughs> I, may, <laughs> I, I may not be from, wherever she's from, I don't want to give away who I'm talking about. <laughs> but I may not, you know, yeah. you may not have blood relation, yeah. but I'm your sister. 100%. And sometimes it, it's really just for those people that don't have that tight family yeah. unit, you can find family. It is easy anywhere. to feel alone in a space with millions of people though. Because yeah. obviously it goes back to understanding that person. If you feel like not one person understands you, you are gonna feel alone. Mm. But if you have one person that understands you, that is all you need. Mm. Like it sounds so bad to say you only need one person, but that is, that's, that's all you need is, is that one connection. It genuinely carries you through life. So in prep for this chat, I wanted yeah. to know my facts about bullies because I knew kind of where we were going to go with this a little bit today. Yeah. And um, I found out that 43% of young people have experienced some sort of cyberbullying. See, that's a lot, but I'm actually surprised it's not higher. Really? I feel like that 43% is just people that have come forward, not actually the fact. I genuinely yeah. feel like more people get bullied than people know of, but even 43% is just a joke. That's so high. And a study actually found that girls are marginally more likely to be affected by mm. cyberbullying. As a social media influencer, yeah. do you feel like putting out these kind of videos with perfect image and, you know, just portraying this really perfect life, so to speak, then plays into that in any way? Of course it does. It makes younger girls want to look like something that doesn't exist. I've been guilty of it, like, in terms of, like, the, the minor things, like, stretch marks. I'll get rid of mine. Yeah. The reality is more women probably feel more confident if even two more influencers posted the pictures of the realities that they have it too. Mm. And for me, it's like you then start to become or start to want to become like someone, but the person you're trying to become doesn't exist because they've, like, over-edited themselves either with filters or Photoshop or even in real life by getting work done mm. that they don't even look like them. Mm. Like, and you're trying to achieve a goal that doesn't exist because that same person that you want to look like then becomes someone else next week. I had a girl DM me before I went on the show and she was 16 and I'll never forget, I was such an, I mean her so close now, I talk to her all the time. Really? Yeah, no idea who she was, but she had a picture of herself, my, my picture, sorry, with her face on it. So she'd, photoshopped her face on me and put it on her wall 
And she sent me a picture and she was like, I know you're going to find this creepy, but it's not. I just wanted to tell you that my goal is to look like you. And I turned around and messaged her back and said, what if I told you I had an illness? What if I told you I had breast cancer? What if I told you, and I was listing all these illnesses and she literally was like, oh. And I said, you're sitting there telling me you want to look like me, but you don't know what looking like me comes with. So it's all well and good saying I want to look like that person. You don't know what that comes with. Kim Kardashian, the whole world wants to look like Kim Kardashian. She has psoriasis. I'm pretty sure if she wanted to, she'd get rid of it. Mm. Everyone wants her body, but do they want to take on the psoriasis when they get it? Yeah. Like, it's like a case of everyone wants to be like someone else without realising what comes with being like that person or what they had to even go through to look like that person. Yeah. So for me, I think there's such a lack of just self-love and I am guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it. Yeah. the reality is... Oh, yeah, you, I always edit out my cellulite, mate. I don't like it. All the time. It. So I, I edit it out. And now... <laughs> it's definitely do, there, I admit it's there. It's there. I just, you know... It, but it's you something don't want to see it. Yeah, I, 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 it's more I don't want to see it... This is my point. ...than someone else. Like, I know it's there. I look at it every day and go... But if... Damn, Every influencer you. showed it, you probably wouldn't care if you saw it. Mm. If everyone in the world or if magazines showed it, so true, you wouldn't care. It's because the norm is to not have it. It's for it to not be visible. Do you know I my biggest fear is <laughs> if I, you know, like Love Island for yeah. example, because actually they approached me to go on this next season. But I was Did like, they? I'm, I'm, I'm practically married, oh, my, my friend. Lord, I'm yeah, useless no, no. to you. But um, I was like, that slow mo. That bloody oh, slow mo cam. Yeah. I was like, no, that's and gonna they slow that down. They slowed that down. Yeah. I was everything like, moves. everything wobbling, yeah. Yeah. all the so. I was like, oh my god, yeah. that slow mo is my is my my nightmare. I couldn't hide it after that point. You've been really blessed. You've got to work with some incredible brands. Yeah, very, 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 very grateful. What's been your favorite brand to work with? L'Oreal. Ooh. That literally rolled off my tongue. It was so easy to say. Yeah, I'm not um, surprised. I've worked with Laura for ages. I've worked for their website. I've done campaigns with them online, on TV. I've done Super Dragon Boots and stuff like that. And mm. they're my favourite because they try every time I've worked with them. They, as far as I'm concerned, have been inclusive. And I appreciate it because they're very much, this is what you are. This is what you're going to get. Recently, a campaign I'd done with them last year, the shade names were all motivational things. So they were like, I achieve, I believe, I grow, oh. I conquer. And then they got us all leather jackets with the name of the shade that we modelled on the back. So now I walk around with a leather jacket that says, I achieve, stitched on the back. Ah, oh, that's so lovely. So I, I like working with them because they do those little things. To be honest, I've never worked with a brand that's been bad. I'm grateful for all the brands I've worked with. And some of them are just huge that I never really genuinely thought I could. Genuinely, I used to sit there and be like, I really want my face to be in stores. It's everywhere. Mm. And I didn't think I could even achieve that. So I'm so grateful that I was even be able to, to do that. But L'Oreal is definitely one of my favourites. Have you ever worked with brands that have perhaps, um, particularly where you're the face of things and it involves makeup and yeah. shades, that haven't necessarily been so mindful oh, of yeah. working with a woman of colour? I won't name the brand. Don't name and shame. But, I've already named and shamed them online. But it would be interesting to know about your experience. They... And how you've grown from that. Never had shades for anyone with a medium to even... But from medium to dark skin complexion at all. And they released five new shades that were medium to dark. And they hired 
four of us on this particular day. So it was five in total, but four models, and all of us were the same skin tone, but all of the skin tones of the foundations were, obviously, they got darker. So it was a case of, instead of hiring models that were darker skinned to suit the darker tone foundation, they still hired lighter skinned black girls to wear darker skinned foundation. So I happened to be one of the girls that was then told to wear a shade four shades too dark for me. So what I was then put into stores as the face of was not my tone. So when girls were buying it, they were like, this isn't my tone. So I had to publicly talk about it because I was like, well, actually, I've advertised something that is not true because mm. I'm in store that I'm this shade, but I'm actually four shades lighter. So if you're looking at me online thinking, oh, she's a shade 18, but actually I'm a shade 14, mm. you're buying the wrong thing. But the reality is, is they made everything darker. And instead of in the moment being like, I'm not doing this, I let it happen, done the shoot, let it come out and then addressed it. Why? Because I didn't know how to tell them what they were doing was wrong. It's, it's an uncomfortable situation to be in that environment. And all of us four girls were talking about it amongst ourselves. But mm. how do you then tell the owners, this is borderline racist, this is wrong. Mm. this is not what you should be doing. Do you think it was ignorance or do you think it was stupidity? I think or do you think it was a calculated decision that they found four or five black girls that were really pretty and they all happened to have the skin tone and that overrode the maybe smart decision of I think hiring? It was all of them. I think it was okay. all of the three. I think the stupidity came on them genuinely not... I don't actually think they realised they had four girls with the same skin tone because when you don't know any better, this is the ignorant part you automatically go for what you know and what you think is right. So I think they instinctively went for the girls that they thought they needed without actually catering for the girls they actually needed. Yeah. And it was on the shoot when they were putting it on that they knew that it was wrong, that that's when I felt like it, it crossed the line of it's, you're not being stupid anymore, you blatantly know. Because if you're telling me, don't use your hands on the shot because it doesn't match, you know it's wrong. You yeah. could push the shoot back a day or do it another day and just get a model that is actually this complexion. So I think it was a bit of all three. That's really interesting. But most models, including myself in that situation, didn't say anything at the time and it should be spoken about. It shouldn't have, I shouldn't, it shouldn't have got to that point. What's your biggest regret in the industry so far? I don't have one. That's a good answer. <laughs> I don't have one. I have things that sometimes in the back of my head, for example, being on the show, sometimes I sit there and think I wish I never won in it because of the amount of hate and abuse that came with it. But the reality is everything I've done in my career got me to this point. I can't imagine where I'd be if I didn't do certain things. Anything could have gone wrong. I was offered a four-year scholarship to the New York Film Academy when I was 18. Never took it. God knows what would have happened to me if I'd gone. Mentally, mm. I was not right to be in America at 18. I probably would have been somewhere along the drug route, most likely, because at that age, I was very easy to manipulate. Mm, Wasn't wonderful. right for me. Yeah, there is, there is nothing, you know, that used to be my regret that I didn't go. But now I think if I'd gone, God knows what would have happened to me. Do you always follow your gut? Most of the time I don't go to places is because my gut's telling me not to go. So I, I'm very much a recluse now since coming off the show because I don't want to deal with, like, the publicity and the hate that comes with it. So I'd sooner stay in my house. Okay, if you use this podcast as a platform to speak directly to all of those people that are being hateful mm -hmm. and being unkind to you across your platforms and even to other people what would you say to them i would say i can't tell you to stop but i would say to try i've had girls that have sent me really abusive messages that i've then replied with kindness to and then all of a sudden they've been like i'm really sorry i sent it to you because and explain themselves 
Mm. A lot of the people that had a lot to say about the show have nothing to say when you say to them, how would you have dealt with it? Mm, you kind of reverse it on them. Because they're like, oh, Okay, that's actually, fine, I accept your criticism. How do I do it better? What yeah. would you do? What's your they advice? Don't, they don't have advice. Finally, I want to talk to you about um, your acting career briefly because yeah. you were in Armani. Yeah. I have had the oh, pleasure of meeting him Isn't and interviewing him. He's incredible. Amazing. How do you feel to have been a part of it? Like, just give a brief overview of what it is, why you got involved with it. So what Armani is, is a, I'm going to call it a mini documentary, but it's basically a story of Armani himself, who was stabbed. Simps- Armani Simpson is his name, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I love him to death. But he was stabbed seven times and survived. And the whole point is how he got to the point of being stabbed who stabbed him, how his childhood past caught up with him. And that's what led to him being stabbed near enough to death and how he changed his life around for the better and took that as a lesson. So I played the role of his girlfriend slash wife, who is Ashley. Those small little details of trying to do it were hard, but I was really grateful because his whole purpose behind it was to spread awareness of knife crime, Mm. the severity of being on the street, the alternative ways out. And since doing that, I've been to schools with him and we've spoken to kids in certain areas that may not be able to express themselves in the way they want to. We've gone to colleges that are tailored for creative kids and told them about alternative ways instead of doing this. We've even gone as far as to ask kids in schools if they know someone that carries a knife and you'd be surprised how many people put their hands up. And then when you say to them, have you told them not to, how many people don't put their hands up? It's crazy. So... I um, went to an awards ceremony. I'm not going to say which one it is, but I'm sure many will guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just guess. Yeah. And sadly, somebody was stabbed right in front of me, my partner Tony, and my sister. Um, Jesus, man. Yeah, it was crazy. And we ended up taking this guy because he approached something like four or five um, local people, and it was a very wealthy, yeah. middle class white area ended up driving him to a hospital 45 minutes of him bleeding out in my sister's car me holding his wounds the whole thing was absolutely terrifying but I never forget him telling me you need to phone my partner and he had a couple of kids at home and me being on the phone to her whilst I'm holding her boyfriend's body parts together and trying to keep her calm I'll never forget that phone call and I've obviously heard that situation play out. I think you played the role very well. That was hard. That was intense. Um, I wish the... And I think... He survived, by the way. Good job. Yeah. Because (laughs) that is scary. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's deep. To even get into the headspace of trying to imagine what it's like is not nice Mm. at all. And she's just unreal. What's the long-term goal? My goal is to get to a place where certain members of my family don't have to work again like and I mean don't have to work as in they can if they want to but they don't have to like they've literally taken care of me beyond words in my life that I just want to repay them I wanted to do the same for my great grand but she passed six months ago literally like three weeks before I went into the villa yeah that hit you really hard didn't it the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life ever in my life but that is my main goal career wise if there even is one, I don't know, because I'm the type of person that when I get to that goal, I'm probably going to find something else to do anyway. Mm. Um, but multiple businesses, my acting career to be at the peak, modelling in terms of being the face of brands. One of the biggest brands I've always wanted to be a face of was Fenty. 
putting it out there. Throwing it out there to the universe. You do that, girl. <laughs> just because I think Rihanna just includes everyone. I love her to mm-hmm. death, but um, definitely them. Um, but to also have my own, my own everything. Like that when you hear like the name like Jordan Rihanna, you know exactly what comes with it. That's awesome. Yeah, and I also want to start a charity eventually. Oh, that's a nice one. <laughs> that's a good one to throw in yeah. there. Um, my final question, and it's the question that I ask absolutely everyone that comes on Influence Me, and it's really important. It's kind of a play on the fact that you're an influencer. What is the caption that you want to leave with the world today? And don't forget your hashtags. <gasps> oh my God. I feel like, I swear, if someone tells me this is someone else's, I'm going to be very upset. But I've always said, I have it written everywhere. I don't even think Danny's seen it written anywhere. I want to get it tattooed on me. That I'd rather influence one person in a positive way than a thousand people in a negative way. Ooh. Hashtag positivity. Hashtag love oh oh that got me in the gut (laughs) but no that is that is literally something i live by if if one person is positively affected i'd rather that than a thousand in a negative way that's awesome thank you so much for for coming on influence me thank you so much everyone for listening to today's episode i feel like we went really really deep today that's probably the deepest i've ever gone on a podcast or any interview or anything see yeah I I love that I'm bringing that out in you that was good and I'm really hoping that like you said today we have really helped people we've really taken people on a journey through your life they've learned a bit more about you and your background and more than anything I hope it really encourages people that have listened to the podcast today to be kinder to one another I hope so to be gentle to each other and to remember that you never know what somebody is going through yeah Um, make sure that you give her a follow online where can people find you just Instagram or Instagram and YouTube but they're both Jordan Rianne and if this episode has helped you in any way or you simply just enjoyed it please do subscribe rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you listen so that we can reach lots more people um, we definitely want to get this episode to the top rated don't oh, we girl oh we're going to push it it's going to be everywhere <laughs> also please don't forget this episode has really touched on some deep subjects today so if you feel like this episode maybe can help someone in your life or somebody needs to listen to what we've spoken about today don't forget to share this with them definitely. and uh, tag us on social media because we will definitely Definitely be given some reposts and some follows back. It's at Shaney underscore Ryan. Check back in two weeks for the next episode. Oh God, Thanks I'm for excited. listening. Bye, guys. I just wanted to say a mega thank you to our sponsors today, Kindred. Share what you love. Influence Me was written and presented by me, Shaney Ryan, and produced and edited by Dawn Kelly for Birdline Media. Follow them at Birdline Media and follow me on Instagram at Shaney underscore Ryan. Our theme music is by Jaylee Music. And if you like today's show, be sure to rate us wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks when you can catch my next special guest.